0: Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Hey guys, how the hell are ya? We are balls deep in uh, the holiday season, aren't we? We sure are. You know, I shouldn't have said those things. I need to check. I feel like I made this podcast explicit, knowing that I would say something inappropriate at some point and I didn't want to get, I don't know, in trouble with the podcast police. But I feel like they made it clean. I don't know, maybe it's cuz I'm in like the children's category, so I need to address that because I really don't want to get in trouble cuz I'm definitely going to use in the words of my son Baker, potty words. Sometimes when he's in his crib like talking to himself, he I think he can't think of a naughty word, so he just says potty words, <laughs> which is really funny. I digress. Um let's just take a minute before I dive into our topic today. To address the craziness of this year if you are like me you are cruising for a bruising this season like I am trying to get hit by a freight train I can't say no I can't slow down Um, I'm hosting a party for a lot of people in like four days I've done very little planning for it I have like some great ideas I did I have some cool stuff coming Um, but uh, yeah actually shout out to party people creative she is an Atlanta based party guru um she's incredible I'm actually I'll put a link to her stuff in the show notes here so you can see her website but she's been helping me with some ideas and like thank god you know just the same way you guys come to me for sleep help I found her and was like can you help me (laughs) I'm not good at this stuff and like I just need sometimes you just gotta pay a little chaos tax you guys know I love that concept you pay a little chaos tax and you make your life easier and clearly i need it because i also forgot to move the elf this morning so when my kids came downstairs they were like mama peter's still on top of that painting and i was like what peter seems like peter had too much to drink last night or something that's strange then they opened the wrong day on their advent calendar because i thought the five was or i thought the 15 was five so they opened the wrong day I overslept for my alarm, so I was in my pajamas, getting them ready, which like isn't a big deal, but I felt like one of those moms in like a movie. That's like, ah, I'm just so over. You know, like the working mom in movies. She's always like running out the door, like still trying to put her heels on and like screaming at everyone. I felt like in like frantically packing the lunches. I felt like that person, even though like I'm usually like slightly more put together. At least I have like a pair of jeans on. Realized I forgot to order stamps. I like had them in my cart. I did not order them, meaning I have no stamps coming for the Christmas cards. I've been trying to address because I didn't have the address list in time to get them done ahead of time. All the things. Are you guys done with me complaining? I'm sure you are. Um, I more am saying this not to complain. I have like friends I can text and complain to. Sorry, guys. Um, But because I feel like a lot of you are probably in the same boat. So solidarity. If you feel like things are slowly coming unraveled you're not alone. We're going to get through this season just like we do every year and it's going to be great. And I hope everyone's kids are not really, really under the weather. It's been such a theme, not only in my house, but you know, with this job that I have, this job, it's, uh, I have a very interesting lens into illness. If you ever want to know, like, you know, do I ever sleep train kids while they have COVID or like, I have all sorts of stories and anecdotes, um, being in business the last few years has been a crazy experience. So I hope that you guys are not as sick as as some kids are. Anyway, let's get on to the topic for the seven people who are still listening at this point. So I wanted to talk about a question I get a lot from families, frustrated, exasperated families who come to me with a second or third or even fourth child. I had a fourth with this kind of situation a few months ago. And they're like so-and-so didn't have any of these issues. We never had to do this stuff. They almost seem maybe resentful is too strong of a word, but they're like annoyed. They're like, yeah, I know you're supposed to like do all these things, but like, you know, Tommy, like we never had to sleep here. Tommy just dropped his night feeds. Tommy, you know, broke out of the swaddle and just kept sleeping, uh, you know, with no sleep sack. And Tommy um, was, couldn't sleep great when we were traveling. And I don't understand why this kid has so many issues. And they're, you know, they're frustrated about it. Um, I will say first as a caveat, which you guys know I love caveats, that, of course, what is considered a good and a bad sleeper is in the eye of the beholder. Not a term I use. No one is a bad sleeper. But, you know, a parent's parent's thought about, like, which kid is struggling – Versus which is amazing. You know, I'll sometimes have clients tell me their kid's a good sleeper and I'm like, well, if they're waking up at 5 a.m. every morning, that's not good to me. I get it's good compared to the one who's waking up six times a night, right? But same thing on the, on the other side. They're like, this kid's a horrific sleeper who's only waking up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, hey, it could be a lot worse, right? So that's take that with a grain of salt. But other thing too, I should say the other caveat is, of course, there are situations where a baby is born very prematurely has some decent health issues. Um, Maybe they were in the NICU, maybe they had to have surgery, or even something as, you know, sort of run of the mill as like major issues latching, tongue and lip tie, reflux, silent reflux, right? Like all of those things, if your second child has them and the first didn't, of course, that's going to feel different. But even outside of that, let's assume that both kids are operating on a, a level playing field with all that stuff, right? They were both born at, you know, 38 weeks and whatever. They don't have reflux. I want to reframe for you that one of your kids did it right and one is frustrating. It's kind of the opposite. And this is with the assumption that you went into this into this whole like sleep and parenting thing not really intentionally doing anything with the first one. That Because that's really what I'm speaking to is parents who are like, we didn't do anything. We just like, you know, let followed their lead and they became a great sleeper. So like, why isn't that happening with Joey? Um, here's the thing. Your kid slept well in spite of you doing everything wrong. Not your second one has a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? The child who you don't try to do anything, you don't really, you know, you kind of just follow their whatever and they just become a good sleeper that's that means they're such a good sleeper that they learn to sleep well in spite of you not doing things to help them sleep well and i think looking at it from that lens really helps us as parents have a little bit first of all a deeper understanding of what children typically need to become great sleepers and also a little bit more i don't know if you need to have empathy if that's really what it is but like give yourself and your and your second child a little bit more grace because what they need is what 90% of babies need. You know, when I hear like, oh, so-and-so slept through the night at five weeks, I'm like, that's amazing. But that's also extremely unusual. That's like the 1%, you know? So it's not like the kid who doesn't sleep through the night at five weeks is a problem child. It's you have a unicorn who slept through the night at five weeks and you have another kid whose sleep issues are more run-of-the-mill, more normal, you know? It's kind of like, I think a good analogy for this is like, You know, you have like that friend who they can eat like Pop-Tarts and Krispy Kreme donuts for every meal and they still weigh like 100 pounds and it's like annoying. You're like, why? I don't understand why you had three bowls of pasta and you're still skinny, whereas everyone else needs to like, you know, go for a light jog and, you know, have their vegetables and be careful about not having, you know, candy corn after dinner, a bowl of candy corn after dinner, whatever. It's not that, like, you have a, a problem, a weight problem. It's that that person is, <laughs> they're, you know, the 1% that they don't have to do anything to stay very thin, right? Like, that's just their body, and it's unusual that they can kind of do, they're basically doing all the wrong things, and they're still able to able to stay skinny. Does that make sense? I feel like that's a really good analogy. And of course, this can go the other way, too. I will also have families, sometimes I'll have families who come to me, and we work together for their second or third child, and they're like, Oh my God, working with you this time is like a walk in the park compared to James, who was like, you know, it was so hard with him. And like I had no idea it could be this easy, right? Because they get the unicorn the second time around. So it can come that way. But I think framing it for yourself, like all kids, I shouldn't say all, the vast majority of kids need you to be intentional and support them learning to become great sleepers. And there are some, those unicorns who don't need you to do anything, but they are the exception to the rule. They are learning to sleep great in spite of you not really helping them. And the reason I think it's important to frame it that way is A, like all the things I said, so you aren't as frustrated with the kid who's not sleeping as well, but also to give you the confidence that there's no downside to establishing a good sleep foundation out of the gate. Of course, you know, when you have a two-week-old who's still very sleepy and, you know, they're kind of just like eating and sleeping and not doing much else, and you're like, maybe they'll be a great sleeper, oh, whatever. I don't need to do anything. There's no downside. Right, No one is going to lose when you proactively work to make them a great sleeper. Either they will have desperately needed that help, and thank God you did, or it was coming to them pretty naturally anyway, and now you have all the tools in your toolkit for a future child, and you also have the confidence to address things as they come up down the road because maybe they're great in the first year of life, but then you know they hit the 12-month growth spurt, or something happens, you know, they're jumping out of the crib when they're a toddler and you have different issues then, right? So either way, it's, it's a good boost of confidence for you. Um, and I think this comes into play as well sometimes when I'm working with very young baby clients, like newborns, um, people who are taking my newborn course, or families I'm working with who have like a three or a four month old. And if things don't click very quickly, they're like, Brittany, do you think like? something we have to do something different do you think something's wrong with him or her like I feel like other kids you know they do these things and it's like two nights and they're sleeping through the night and I say yeah there are kids who do that but here's what I will say instead of framing it as like your kid is more difficult than others it's thank god you're doing this because just imagine what the situation would be like if you weren't going through all of the motions and doing everything perfectly. You have the perfect schedule. You have the perfect amount of feeds they're getting. You are responding consistently. Like you're doing everything, you know, because when I'm having that type of conversation, it's always with a family who's really, really focused on making sleep improvements and is doing an excellent job. They're super consistent. They're super focused on it. They're doing all the right things. And when they get discouraged, that's how I frame it for them. Like... I know it sucks that they're struggling to take more than like let's maybe a newborn example, because I had a call like this recently. And they were like, Oh, you know what? She's already seven weeks, and it's like we're still not getting more than one nap a day in the crib where it's not like a struggle. Like she's really fussy. And if it's not that first morning nap, you know, there's a lot of passy pop in. We're having to shush pat. Sometimes we have to get her up. And I tell them, yeah, I want her to be taking more than one nap in the crib too. And that's and we talk through how we're gonna work on that. And of course I would be remiss if I didn't say By 10 weeks, we're full throttle. We're learning to sleep through the night. We're on a nap schedule. It's great anyway. But in those weeks leading up to it, yes, we have things we're going to keep working on. But if you weren't doing all the right things, if you hadn't been working on this stuff since day one, you would be the family that comes to me with a five or a six-month-old, which I get all the time, who have never napped in their bassinet or crib. They nap on mom and dad every day because when they were four or five or six weeks old, they didn't have this roadmap to look. They didn't really know what to do. And the baby was struggling. And they were like, I don't know. I mean, she's got to sleep. And the only way she seems to want to sleep is on my chest. So that's what we're going to do. And you do that for a couple of months. And obviously, then you're operating. I mean, if I think my battery's low today, that poor mom and dad, their battery is insanely low, right? So they then they, then they have to make a, a huge change from that. So I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just... I want everyone who listens to this, if you have a kid that is struggling, even though you're doing all the right things, or you have a kid that's struggling and it's frustrating you because the another child of yours, or maybe, you know, it's your sister-in-law's kid or your neighbor's kid seems to be doing so much better. Remember that some kids can learn to be great sleepers in spite of you. But every child will become a great sleeper because of you, right? With you doing things intentionally and purposefully, doing quote unquote all the right things, every kid is capable of great sleep. Everyone. And some of them figure it out even if you do things that maybe you shouldn't, from my perspective. Okay, well, this one was short and sweet, but it is what it is. I have to get on my first of six phone calls today, momentarily. And I wanted to make sure I I banged this one out so you guys had something to listen to during preschool, daycare, grocery run, all the things. Um, And I will say, too, I love, love, love when you guys tell me that you listen to the podcast, that you enjoy it. It totally warms my heart. It's really fun for me to do it. And I love having this resource to share with you guys and another way to connect and give you tips and encouragement. So please continue to tell me what you like. Um, What you want to see different, if you have guests you'd like me to have on, um, I want to hear. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, this podcast is for you guys. So, all right, hang in there this week, everyone, and I will see you next week. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to BrittanySheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.